Hey folks, it's Jeremy, the host of Blamo. Thanks so much for listening. This is a preview of one of our exclusive shows on Patreon. These are member-supported shows, meaning they only happen because of our incredible members and community. So check out a preview of the episode, and if you like it, consider joining us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Blamo, where we have tons of exclusive Blamo episodes, shows, our amazing Slack group, and we're adding new things for members all the time. If not, no worries, we still love you, and we literally have hundreds of episodes of Blamo all free for you to dive into. Thanks so much. Hey folks, it's Jeremy Kirkland, your favorite bald boy, and I'm back with a solo pod. This is just me, spitballing, processing, you know, providing more details to our favorite world of menswear and fashion. You know, uh, if you've listened to these before, sometimes they're pretty heavy, sometimes they're serious, sometimes they're stupid, uh, and I think they're always going to be a bit of that. So without further ado, I'm just going to go ahead and dive in. So um, the past week uh, has been the kickoff of Men's Fashion Week, So, uh, but this primarily is more about pity. What happened at pity? Is it important? Do I recommend going? Uh, Is everyone insecure? The answer to everything is yes and no. So. Allow me to try to explain a little bit here. So last week, me and I don't know, a gajillion other people all flew to Florence, Italy for the kickstart of uh, PT Uomo 103. So what is pity? People have asked about this. Pity is basically PT Uomo is a a trade show. Uh, It's a trade show for a lot of the kind of smaller menswear brands. like brands that are also factories, right? I mean, uh, not everyone shows at PT. A lot of it is um, suppliers, but you have like small specialty brands. It's based out of Florence, Italy. They, they've been doing this since the 1950s. So, I mean, it's been going on, but over the years, probably about 10 or some odd years ago, people like Scott Schumann, Tommy Tan, a lot of amazing photographers were going there to shoot street style. And so people would go and you would see just these super cool old school like Italian dudes or you know whomever and everyone would just wear at the time what seemed to be incredibly foreign you know and this was beautiful buttoned up suits and and the the, the sprezzatura the the purposeful disheveled elegance uh it was amazing and so everyone saw it and then just over the years things kind of kept going and from there to where um it became this like spectator trade show event to where you had people that were going to pity that were there to do work, you know, these were buyers for brands, department stores, uh, small specialty shops, um, you know, proper menswear brands that would go to meet with their suppliers. You had that happening. But then you also had this surge of spectators who were all there to see everything and be a part of it. And it was funny because I, I was one of those people. I mean, I, my, first, uh, my first pity was January 2012. And I had been going pretty consistently every year since. There's two a year. Uh, one for the winter, one for the summer. Of course, like many people, I didn't go for a few years during COVID, uh, or at least during the the height of the pandemic. Hopefully, I can say that now. Um, but so everyone would go, and they would you you would be there as a spectator, and you'd be there as like a supplier or whatever it was. And it was funny because, like, I I would say also, you know, brands like Capsule, which was a BPMW trade show that was going on in New York. They welcomed bloggers, right? I'm air quoting that word. And uh, PT would do that too. And you used to have to have um, 
you would have to have like trade um i don't know recognition so you would have to like show like who you were there for for them to let you in and eventually they realize like this is such good press that all these people want to be here and we can just charge them to show up so let's just do it and so people would just go there and they would just wear like the most crazy ostentatious things and it was funny because the people that were there for like proper work would get so pissed and they were like i can't believe all these people are there but you know in hindsight when you look at it now it's like yeah, if it wasn't for those peacocks there or those spectators, this this trade show would just be, you know, King Brunello Cuccinelli and like a few other a few other spots. Like, I mean, you know, I, I in my opinion, I think the fair is primarily propped up by Brunello Cuccinelli and uh, their seasonal collection that they show. They always do like a massive dinner for everyone. They you know, they, they're the biggest booth at pity. They always do amazing stuff. I mean, of course you have Keaton, you have Canale, you have a lot of these other brands, but like nobody does it like Cuccinelli. I mean, it is just, it's an incredible experience. Everything that they do is, is top notch. And so you would have these like other, you know, people that were there and they're like, Oh, I, I can't believe these little idiots are here. And they're all here on their vacation. You had people that took vacation days to be there and they hated you it. But I think this insane. year was the first year where it felt like everybody loved everybody. There wasn't really a Jets and a Sharks vibe going on. Um, everyone was happy to be there. Uh, I, I, I think the combination of somewhat of the, the post or the, I don't know, whatever we want to say about the state of the pandemic that we're in, uh, it was just great. And it, I mean, it was, if I, it, it was good vibes, man. Everything was good vibes and everyone was super happy to be there, whether you were a brand or just a person there to get fits off or a, an idiot like me who was trying to record pods, like anything like that. Everyone was happy and over the moon. So the amount of hugs and kisses and side kisses and texts and tweets and, and, and Instagram fit pics and everything, it was, you know, level 99. It was great. I, I would say it was the best vibes I've ever been at Pity ever it's in my life. Over um, and I am the most curmudgeon, whiny little turd on the face of the earth. So. That's basically what pity is. Um, it was a ton of fun. I got out there. Uh, my trip was kind of weird. So because uh, I don't live in New York anymore, uh, I flew St. Louis to Frankfurt and then Frankfurt to Florence. And so in most cases, not many people fly into Florence because the airport itself, it's a, it's a crappy airport. And, you know, based on the elevation of where it is, um, the runway is really, really short. And so many people that fly in, a lot of times their plane gets diverted because it's too windy and they can't, you know, deal with it. So a, a lot of people um, got diverted to Bologna or which is like a 35 minute train right away. And the trains in Italy are phenomenal. So like if you're going like the, the, the usual vibe is to, to fly into Milan and then you take a 90 minute train to Florence. Uh, if you just did a nine or 10 hour flight in Milan, it's probably not the most welcoming experience. But Italian trains, I mean, Italy as a country is is not the most efficient in many things, but oh man, their trains, top notch. So, uh, well, most of the time they are, whatever. Anyway, so I get into Frankfurt, from St. Louis to Frankfurt, and I'm waiting around, and this is, I got in super early. Surprisingly, I got in really early, and I had like a three or four hour delay. So I'm like half dead, um, and I was looking for one of those sleep pods. I don't know if you, if, some of these airports have these things that are like pretty popular in Japan where you can basically like rent a little um, sleeping room like in the airport. And it, it, look, it looks like a, I don't know, it's like a tiny little pod with a little bed and you can go in there and rest for a bit. And I was like, oh, I'm going to find a sleep pod. Well, they're all taken. So I had no idea where to go. 
And I was like, oh, maybe I can go to the lounge. I was like, I, I have an Amex. Maybe that'll get me. Anything. Nope, didn't get me anything. And also the lounges are not like, if you do find a lounge in one of those, they're not like the lounges that people are used to in the States. It's like, here's a couch and some hot water and some tea bags. Like, go to town, buddy. And uh, so I was like, man, this sucks. I can't find anything. My stomach was bothering me a little bit, but like everybody knows that like your boy here always has stomach issues. Uh, my life's just a shit show sometimes with that stuff. I guess literally and figuratively. <laughs> Bada bing. Anyway, so um, I was like, whatever, I'll just wait around. So I'm, I'm kind of like dozing off in different areas of the airport. Um, I did get stopped at customs for some stuff. Um, I think they, they thought I was carrying contraband in or whatever. Everything was fine. We figured it out. I, I assume it probably helped that I'm white and looked like, you know, some harmless idiot. Uh, let's just be real here. So I get through everything and I'm sitting, I'm waiting and my stomach's still kind of bothering me. I'm like, you know what? Whatever. I'll just kind of try to doze off and wait for the flight. Flight to Florence comes up. Of course, it's delayed. We, in the way that Frankfurt Airport works for the sort of like domestic travel, like within the EU, is you get to Frankfurt Airport, and then when you're going to your other plane, you actually leave the airport and take a little bus, and it takes you to your plane out on the runway. And, and so in some cases, it, it's like a mile away from the actual airport terminal that you're in. It's just sitting on the runway, uh, or well, out there, like in, in a concrete field, and you get on and you wait. And so, I mean, this is a pretty common thing. So everyone gets on there. We all get on the plane. Uh, this was like an Italian airline, which I won't even name, but it was, a, you know, total crapshoot. But it doesn't matter. It's like less than a, a 90 minute flight. It's just like, let's just get on here. Let's get it over with. And so we get on and you board at both sides of the plane. You board at the front and the back. Tiny little plane, you know, two rows on each side or two two uh, chairs on each side of the row. And it's just tiny. And everyone there, you could tell there was a lot of pity folks. Also, there was a lot of folks who were there. Uh, like students that were getting ready to go back to school because this is, you know, the the second week of January. And so people have just finished their winter break or their holiday break and they're all back there. So like the, I, I say this so you kind of get the picture of the type of individual that's on this. So very few of those people were all local, you know, Italians. Th these are all like trade show folks. And you could tell by the conversations you're overhearing based on, you know, kids talking about, you know, they were in Aspen for the for Christmas or someone else complaining about lost luggage or how are they going to set up the booth in time. And so there's just this kind of somewhat general vibe of anxiety on this plane to Florence. And uh, I, I, sit in, I sit down, we finally all board. And of course, the people are looking for luggage, things are late. And so they, the way that it works, they just leave the doors to the airplane open. And it's pretty cold. So you're just sitting there with your seatbelt on, freezing your ass off, waiting to get uh, waiting to go, right? And and, and it's not uh, an American airline, which is totally fine. So there's a tiny bit of a language barrier. I mean, the, the people, uh, the gracious flight attendants that were there, they were Italians, but they they could, you know, speak English to you. They, they kind of figured things out. And, you know, I get up, you know, so people are now getting up and using the bathroom before we even leave. We haven't taken off. You know, the, the guy comes on, he speaks in Italian first, saying that you know, we're waiting for luggage. Then he comes back on, speaks in English, say, hey, we're waiting for luggage. We're going to leave soon. So we're delayed, we're delayed, we're delayed. Uh, he says there's going to be turbulence. And I'm like, great, it's going to be that. And, and you know, most people that were there had just come off of a, you know, near 12-hour flight from North America. And uh, so, th again, the mood is tense. 
We finally get on after like 90 minutes. Everyone's freezing. I have like my coat. I'm half dead. And I swear, I, f- I just flipping hate air travel. I love it. I'm grateful. I'm so excited to have been there. Don't misunderstand the gratitude, but you can still be annoyed and joyful at the same time. So I'm in there. We finally take off. Here we go. We're doing it. And, you know, the plane's fine. And I finally fall asleep. I'm like, oh my God, I did it. You know, I'm listening to what, like Max Richter or some dumb stuff on my on my iPhone to fall asleep, you know, so it's like the leftover soundtrack, you know, I don't know, for some reason that knocks me out. So I'm half asleep and I was like, man, I really got to go to the bathroom, whatever. I'll just sleep a bit and then I'll do it before we land. So uh, I, I assume you all see where this story is going, but I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm going to be fine. I get to the, uh, uh, like I'm, I'm awoken by the fact that we're going to land somewhat soon. And they're like, Hey, we're going to make our descent. Um, it's really choppy. There's some, some weird, you know, turbulence we're going to have, but like, you know, just bear with us. We'll get you on the ground soon. I mean, now we have to circle a bit and I was like, all right, I'm just going to go to the bathroom. So I get ready to go and they're like, Hey, like, can you sit down? And I'm like, Oh no crap. I'm like, I really have to go. And so we're, we're like descending and I am now listening to, I like, I pull up the calm app on my phone to try to calm myself down. I was like, I really have to go to the bathroom. Like I I have to go. Like I, I shouldn't have slept in. This is so stupid. Max Richter, you're an idiot. Your stupid songs lullabied me to sleep. I missed my window to pee. And I'm like, this isn't good. And now because I got stupid anxiety anyway, now it's like, oh no, I got, I got to do more than pee. Like, I really got to go to the bathroom. Like, this is not good. I look over to the person. They're knocked out. They're fine. They're loving life on their iPhone playing Candy Crush or whatever. And so I'm just like, this is not good. Yeah. And so I, I kind of wave my hand and the woman looks at me and, and she's like, I'm, I'm like halfway in the middle of the plane. So I'm like row eight, 10 or something. And she looks at me and she's like, what, what, what? So she comes over and she tries to speak Italian to me. And I'm like, no, 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 English. And I was like, I really have to go to the bathroom. And she's like, she's like, is, is very bumpy. No, no, you need to stay sitting. And I was like, ma'am, I was like, I really have to go. And I finally was like, I'm going to shit my pants. <laughs> and she's like, oh, ragazzi, you know, and so she's mumbling in Italian. And so she's all pissed off. And she's just like, very quickly, very quickly. And so everyone's looking at me on the plane. And I'm like, such an idiot. And it's like, I haven't even gotten to Florence yet. I've already made a buffoon out of myself. And so she, you know, she rushes me down to the front of the plane because that's where the only bathroom is. Meanwhile, I look out the window. I can see mountains. We're, we're, we're below the clouds. Like, this is not great. So I run into the bathroom. I go as fast as I can. And she starts knocking on the door. Then she's knocking on the, the, the pilot store. She's speaking English. She's speaking Italian. And I can't even focus. So now, like, I got stage fright. I can't pee. I practically pee on myself. I'm half dead. I don't know what the fuck is going on. And then she's knocking on the door. She's like, uh, excuse, excuse, excuse. And I'm just like, oh, I was like, uh, excuse, prego, pronto. Like, I'm just saying whatever I can in Italian to figure this out. I finish going to the bathroom. She opens the door and she's like, go, 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 go. And she like basically pushes me down to my seat. Everyone's looking at me like the boogeyman smacked me around. They're all like, what sort of stupid American is this? You know, I see people kind of like laughing and smiling. I have my hood over my head, my, my head down, my hands down. I'm just in shame. I feel like an idiot. I'm so embarrassed. And I sit back down on my seat. And now I'm seeing the tops of like buildings. So it's like, it, it, this is way, should not have done this. By the way, I could have just sat in the toilet and landed fine. Like, I'll be honest with you, but whatever. So I see the tops of buildings. I sit down and we hit the ground like 20 seconds after that. And it was just like, what the hell? And of course, now, you know, everyone's wondering what the hell was going on with this idiot who had to get up like while we were descending to go to the bathroom. And uh, so I feel like an idiot. I keep my hood up. I'm like looking down. 
uh, you know, I of course have a mask on and everything. So I'm like, well, hopefully no one will notice me. Uh, cause I, weirdly there weren't many people there wearing masks on the plane. Like on, on my airplane coming in on the way out, I was like one of four people on this massive plane that was wearing a mask. Uh, I've, you know, was like maybe one of two people wearing a mask on the plane coming into Florence. So, you know, of course, so the, the masked man, the, the idiot, uh, people are kind of like looking at me. And so we get off, of course, we go to a bus, we drive the bus into the Florence terminal. And now we're all standing around waiting for our luggage. And I'm just sitting there in shame. And like, of course, like anyone really cared. I imagine no one even thought of it. Like, oh, that's funny. Weird dude. I'd, you know, go to the bathroom or something. But like, I can't escape this. I can't escape it. Um, and weirdly, the weather in Florence is spectacular. Hello there. We land. It's not cold at all. It's warm. It's 52 degrees. It's sunny. It's beautiful. Like, you know, it's like God felt bad for me. And he's like, all right, Kirkland, you dummy. You don't know how to, like, control your uh, your bladder or stomach. Uh, you know, I got this one. Let me give you some nice weather. That's probably not what happened. But so we get there. I get my luggage. It's like three o'clock now. And I'm waiting to go check in. I get in the car, get to my hotel, check in my luggage, and uh, immediately just like slam my head in the pillow, you know. And of course, like like most people, you get there, you want to unpack all your stuff. Like, oh, I got all my outfits for pity, and I'm gonna put this, I'm gonna put this suit over here. I'm gonna hang, you know. I didn't do any of that. I just was like, nope, done, boom, head against the pillow, sleep for a bit, then um, wake up, text Ethan Newton, who runs Bryceland's course that that guy's in town everyone's in town that's that's the good and the bad thing so like you look at your phone and everyone's blowing up being like where are you going what's for dinner what's for what's happening what are we doing is, is this happening what you know um and i knew night one you gotta go to pensavo peggio so for folks who don't know pensavo peggio is this restaurant it basically translates to i thought worse and you gotta go to pensavo so you go over there it's run by fabrizio and his wife um husband and wife that that own run it and I think a lot of people discovered it because Antonio Liverano would go there every day for lunch and he would always be like, you know, the best restaurant is Pensavo. It's like, here's the thing. It's not the best restaurant, but it's a really good restaurant and it is cool with the whole cheers vibe. You want to go there and they know your name. Surprisingly, they remembered my name, uh, which I didn't expect. And they're like, oh, Jeremy. And I was like, oh my God. You know, and I was like, hey, this is Fabio. I'm like with uh, Savannah uh, Yarborough of, of Savas. And I'm like, Oh yeah, let's go to this place. Like, it's super cool. They all know us. And I go in there and they, they know my name. And I was like, yeah. And I was like her husband, Fabio, which is not his name. It's Fabrizio. And so she's like, no, Fabrizio. And I was like, Oh, oh my bad. Uh, so of course they get my name, right? I don't get their name. Um, we sit down, Ethan shows up, uh, Kenji shows up his partner, Tony Sylvester, um, Jean de Leon, um, then Eugene Rapkin. And so it's like this kind of weird mix of people. And it's like no one really knows each other, but everyone knows someone there really, really well. So it's kind of great. So we order a bunch of crap. Um, <laughs> you know, it was like a, a massive steak, which here's here's a tip. If you're fighting jet lag, do not go to anywhere and order a bunch of things that are going to be hard to digest. Don't drink a bunch of red wine. Don't order a steak. You know, You know what your boy had? I had a little bit, little, little bowl of pasta and a lot of water. And uh, I, I got to say, I was pretty proud of myself. Pretty, pretty proud. And anyway, so we, we go there. We have fun. We're just shooting it. And, and the, the number one thing that happens at Pity, and I'm going to say this because I want to set up what happens. The number one thing is everyone there has imposter syndrome. Everyone there accidentally or purposely starts gossiping in order to lift them up 
or, you know, put someone else down. But it's, it, it is also a form of high school. So I say this to give you comfort in the fact that every person that you think that's there, that's cool and awesome, um, is really just terrified about what they were and weren't invited to. And um, also, no matter what, someone's going to try to like tell you that they're doing really well by maybe more or less shitting on a different brand. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad there's no other podcast people out there anymore. I guess all the, all the menswear podcast people, they either got smart or they were just like, they're gone. I mean, I don't know. Um, so, you know, win-win for me. I can't really shit on anyone. So it's like, it's, it's just, it's, I'll put it this way. Want to hear the rest? Listen to the full episode and many more other exclusive episodes over on our Patreon. Visit patreon.com forward slash Blamo to sign up and join the Blam fam. You also get access to our exclusive members only Slack group where we chat about this and a ton of other things. So head over to patreon.com forward slash Blamo and we'll see you there.